Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello everybody and welcome to the Box Score Breakdown for Wednesday the 3rd of March 2021. I am your host, well one of the hosts of this show anyway, Mr. Jolly of Sydney. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Jolly of Sydney. Uh, go and add me there. I do share some good content and stuff over there from other hoop ball sources as well as occasional polls and different things like that that might be worth your while. I do appreciate the follow very much. My co-host is, of course, Vince Miracle. He is VM Center on Twitter. 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 <laughs> uh, and sometimes Scotty Harland, a.k.a. the Harlander 23, H-A-R, Lander 23, is one of the hosts as well. And he uh, will. he's a bit on a bit of a, uh, what do you call it, a sabbatical at the moment for work. Is that what you can call a sabbatical? I should ask uh, today's guest, which is, of course, Mr. or Professor John Steele, all the way from Seoul. Being a professor, you know a thing or two about sabbaticals, don't you? I sure do. And uh, we just started a new semester here at my university in Seoul, and I'm kind of missing sabbaticals at the moment, even though the first week went uh, very well. But I'm happy to be back here on the box score breakdown here with you, uh, Professor Jolly. So. Another exciting day of action we had today, didn't we? We did indeed. I tell you though, first I definitely miss uh, working at a Korean university because, of course, I worked <laughs> there for about ten years. I think I had one job where I had I worked twenty-two weeks a year and I had twenty week twenty-eight weeks vacation. That's how that's how it, that's how it goes here. It's uh, can't complain. <laughs> you, can, uh, you cannot complain. Uh, before we go into the box scores from today, of course, we are standing on the shoulders of giants, namely hoop-ball.com, hoopball, which is of course the sponsor of the show. Uh, shout out to Aaron Bruski, Dan Bespris, of course, uh, Adam King, all of the great DFS experts and the season-long fantasy experts and betting experts and all the people over there. Get over to hoop-ball.com and check out. One of the best things going in the fantasy NBA world. Now, are you ready for me, Prof? I've done these games in sort of different order. I kind of started off with the first few ones with sort of the most exciting or interesting stuff rather than kind of chronological order that the games took place on the day. So we've got the Utah Jazz losing 123 points to 131 against the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I watched uh, a good chunk of this game. Uh, Joel Embiid hit a huge three late in the game to uh, help send it to overtime. And then in overtime, Doc Rivers hunted Boyan Bogdanovich on the block with Toby Harris. He backed him down a couple of times and got basically straight to the ring. Uh, Boyan couldn't do anything to stop him. And then the third time, they managed to switch, and he got switched on to... um, What's his name? O'Neal. And he still mm-hmm. managed to get to the rim. He got fouled, I think, or he still scored the bucket anyway. It was a bit more difficult. But this is what teams will do against the Jazz, obviously, in the playoffs and stuff like that, or in clutch. They are currently the 28th-ranked clutch defense in the NBA. Now, lar- uh, largely because they're susceptible to this uh, these kind of maneuvers where teams can pick them out. I think one thing, 
I picked this up reading uh, C- CBS's report. Uh, I found the stat there. One thing that kind of misses, I think, a little bit is, of course, they haven't really played that many clutch minutes, have they, Brof? Because they've just dominated teams. <laughs> That's true. I mean, uh, most of their games are, or majority of their games are, are aren't so close. So they might not uh, have the experience that they need when we head into the playoffs in, in those types of situations. But Today they uh, met their match, you know, with a, a team just as good as they are, and uh, we saw we saw what the we saw what the Sixers could do to them and and uh, exploit them in that situation. Yeah, that hunting those uh, the mismatches, I think, is that that's something that's going to be interesting mm. to see what happens over seven games. And also, uh, I think I a bit of a bit of an insult out for Donovan Mitchell, and maybe an insult for Jason Tatum today when I said I thought Mitchell is just sort of like a Tatum light in the sense of. High volume guys and late in games, they go for these pretty, I don't know, low percentage ISO mm-hmm. kind of moves. They're, they're becoming like ISO, ISO Joe, as we <laughs> used to say back in the, uh, back in the late, oh, I don't know, early late noughties in the late two thousands, <laughs> early two thousand and tens when ISO Joe was all the rage. Um, yeah, they yeah they get the they take the shot clock all the way down. Yeah, and come up with a really high difficulty shot. I mean they're. Fans of those teams, it just it must just drive them nuts. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the reasons as well that both of those guys are further down in the fantasy ranks than you would expect. Mm-hmm. So if you look at Tatum, he's outside of the top 20. If you look at Donovan Mitchell, he's outside of the top 40. And part of the reason is they don't fill up all of the cat, of the, the stat categories, although Tatum does more so. Uh, and they also they can hurt you sometimes with this high, the high volume percentages. Someone who doesn't hurt you at the moment is Joel Embiid. He is the number two ranked player in the NBA on a per-game basis this season, and he is the fourth player on totals, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. Um, yeah, so he's currently, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, let's have a look at his game from today. Let's just jump into it because it was huge. 40 points, 19 rebounds, three assists, 14 for 27 shooting, two for five from deep, 10 for 13 from the three-throw line in 39 minutes. He was a plus 10. That's a 66 fantasy point uh, score if you play in uh, points leagues and just huge if you play in category leagues. Now, uh, is he the MVP? <laughs> he's he's up there. Uh, there's there's a group of about five guys, I think, that, that are in the discussion, but... Uh, He's right in the mix. I mean, when it comes to the MVP talk, it it uh, comes down to a lot about your team performance. So, if they can keep winning at this percentage, he's going to be up in the two, top two or three at the end of the year. I think. No, absolutely. I think we were debating this. Shout out to Mike Hussey, my buddy from New York. We were debating this a little bit, and he was basically singing the praises of Jokic and and really putting Jokic's case forward. And if you look at the advanced statistics. Uh, Pretty much Jokic is in front in six or seven different categories, and some of them significantly. Although we would, I did point this out today that Embiid is second in many of those categories, and the two of them, mm-hmm. even though there's a significant gap, there's an even bigger, huger gaping chasm between Embiid in second and third and fourth guys, such as Kawhi and Giannis in a lot of these categories. So the two of them are miles in front of everybody else. The thing with Embiid that stands out is the efficiency. I pointed out that he's shooting from the mid-range at the same level as Kevin Durant. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's just insane. I mean, yeah, if he can keep this up and if the Sixers can keep winning, uh, I mean, I think that might uh, be what puts him ahead of, of Jokic at the end of the day. I mean... What are the Nuggets in seventh place right now in the West? Or that's something right. Like yep, that? yep. Yeah. So that's um, that's really hurting his case uh, right now. But um, you know, I 
I have them kind of finishing up in the top five. So if they can get up there somewhere, it's going to be a really tight race between these two. It's interesting. If you look at those advanced statistical categories and you sort of see the gap between the two of them, and then you look at the, the fantasy ranks and see the gap between them. If you look at sort of uh, X value and stuff like that, that some of the websites provide, Jokic is at uh, a value of 1.1 and Joel Embiid is at 0.8. Curry's mm. at 0.7, Kawhi 0.67, Harden 0.67. So there's a significant gap between Embiid and Curry, but then Jokic is, has got that gap on Embiid as well on a, on a per game value. But I mean, you, if if you drafted either one of those guys, you would be <laughs> very happy right now. And I, I don't. I have one Jokic in one of my leagues, and I think I have one Embiid in another place as well. Uh, Toby Harris was terrible for a lot of the game. He had 11 points uh, going into overtime, but he had 11 points in overtime. He had 22, 10, and 2 on 9 for 18 shooting. Uh, good effort from him. Ben Simmons had 17, 4, and 6 on 8 for 11 shooting. Always that high field goal percentage you get from him, though he hurts you at the foul line. And with those turnovers, he had 5 today. Uh, Seth Curry had 14, 2, and 3 with a couple of three-pointers in there on, on 5 for 7 shooting, which was decent. Danny Green. Uh, Danny Green had a, a crap, I was going to say a bad word, had a crappy game today. He had three points and four assists with one three-pointer. But he's sneakily over the last month the 102nd ranked player in fantasy. So if you dropped him early on or, or from your team or you kind of gave up on him, he's one to watch and he's you know worth considering as, as a stream. Shake Milton had a couple of huge games, fell back a little bit here with everybody basically back and playing at 12 points, one rebound, and three assists in his 28 minutes. Uh, look at the Utah Jazz side of things. Donovan Mitchell had a just a massive fantasy game. He had 33, 8, and 6. But look at that field goal, 12 for 34. In a, in a week like this week, um, if you're playing only in like leagues where the week is just this week, but even over, if you're playing into next week as well, over the All-Star break, when someone goes 12 for 34, that really hurts your field goal percentage category, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, when you're when you don't have uh, as many days to spread out, spread it out and catch up in that one category, one one stinker like this can can just really kill you. Yeah, and I mean, if you've got Victor Oladipo, you're getting a line like this almost every single game. But <laughs> but, but but Mitchell is a guy, and, I, and Tatum has been doing this this season as well, who probably. It's either every second game or every third game they have a game like this, and it, it really does hurt you. But you know you can't complain about the counting stats there, and it's a fifty-one pointer if you play in fantasy league. So you love that. Uh, Conley had eighteen two and two on six for thirteen shooting. You're a Conley fan, aren't you? And he, he's been, apart from his injury, been really good this season. He's been he's been fantastic. I mean, this is. You know, is he 30, 34, 35? He's having one of his best years. What is he? Might even be 36. He's having his, one of his best years of his career. And uh, I really, it's it's kind of funny. He's never, he's he's probably the best player to never make a, a an all-star game. And uh, Bill Simmons uh, quipped the other day that that's probably good for his career being known, being known <laughs> as that, that guy. So, you know, as far as like branding goes, oh, the best guy that's never made an all-star game. So I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to be 34 this year, but I think maybe okay. the, maybe that beard and the uh, the the wrinkle the wrinkles <laughs> he's got make him look a bit older. <laughs> yeah, just the last couple of years dealing with injury and stuff, it kind of made him seem a little bit older than he was. But he's, I mean, he's just as good as ever this year. He's having a fantastic season. 
Boyan Bogdanovic, despite getting owned on the defensive end at the end of the game, he had another decent game. He had 18-5 and five on 7-15 shooting with four three-pointers, which is about what you can expect from him. Gobert had 12-9-4. and four. Uh, A bit of a quieter game from him. He wasn't as dominant as he normally is, and uh, the block numbers were, were not way up there as they normally are. Only one block from him. O'Neal had 7, 10, and 5. Joe Ingles was good off the bench again. He had 16, 6, uh, and 1 assist with 4 for 5 from deep. Uh, Jordan Clarkson was uh, had one of his poorer games. He's been really good this season for the most part, way above where we would have thought he ended up. He had 10, 5, and 2 on 3 for 10 shooting, and he was 2 for 7 from deep. And, you know, if he hits just 1 or 2 more three-pointers, they probably win this game during regulation. Yeah, that's right. It's it's going to be interesting to, to keep an eye on him. I mean, he's been so so hot and so consistent uh, pretty much all year. But, you know, we always talk about these streaky uh, six men, and he's, he's, he's kind of put himself in a separate category as someone that's uh, more consistent. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how the next, uh, after the All-Star break, how the next couple weeks play out, if he can get back to putting up his consistent numbers and separating himself from the other uh, the other six men that we always group together. Yeah, and he's way ahead of those kind of guys. He is the 77th ranked player on the season and the 85th ranked player over the last month still. You know, he started out really, really hot, but still 85th is, you're looking at a guy who's doing much better than people like Lou Williams and God, what's his name, Jeff Teague. That kind of level, <laughs> you, you just can't even compare him to them. And those guys are not even rosterable, basically. Yeah, well, I was thinking about like Terry Ross or, uh, you know, yeah. uh, Malik, Malik Monk. Yes. Like, yeah, I mean, those guys have been pretty, pretty hot really? recently. Yeah, yeah. And they, but, but hot and cold, you're right. Like Ross, mm-hmm. Ross has had a stretch where he was terrible. And that's why I've got him in about five leagues because he was dropped everywhere. <laughs> uh, shall we talk about the uh, Nets? They won 132 to 114. Now, you perhaps jokingly, or I'm not sure if you were serious earlier today, said you thought that uh, James Harden should be the front runner for the MVP. They've been amazing. I think they're 18 and 7 maybe since he joined them, uh, which is one of the best records in the NBA over that time. They've been winning without KD. And this is another stomping. Of course, Houston have now lost 13 games in a row, but still really, really good from Harden. Returning to Houston uh, for the first time, where they talked about they're going to retire his uh, jersey in Houston this season. Do you think that's a bit weird? Yeah, it, it is weird. I mean, the way that he you know forced his way out of town there and uh, left on those terms, I mean... Why? Why do it right now? I mean, maybe maybe in five years or after he retires, it might make more sense. But it, yeah, it seems a little the, the timing of it seems a little bit odd to me. Mm. But uh, big game he did have. He had 28, 29 points, ten rebounds, fourteen assists. He leads the NBA in assists. The Nets set a franchise record with their seventh straight road victory. They've won ten of their last eleven overall. There. It's probably a bit weird to say they're the favorites for the title, isn't it? Uh, I mean, they've, they're the be- best team I've seen so far. Um, just just with the eye test, I, uh, when they when they I, it, you know we haven't really seen them too much with uh, KD with the with the big three, if you will, uh, all together. Um, but I mean, just as far as the eye test goes, um, you know, just thinking about uh, the upside of this team. It, it, I, I don't know. I mean, who else? Who else would be up there? I mean, we got you know the Sixers, we got the Lakers when they're clicking on, on all cylinders, but they're they're in one of the handful of teams that 
I would say has a chance to win it all. Yeah, it's probably realistically only probably five or six teams that have a chance. Mm-hmm. And of those, probably just the two LA teams plus the mm-hmm. Nets who are really serious. And then maybe you've got Philadelphia, the Jazz, possibly even those Suns in the next category. But I think the thing with these with, with the Nets is just when you watch them and when the game slows down towards the end of games and you, you, you look at Tatum and you look at guys like um, Donovan Mitchell trying to get shots off and it's all one out and it doesn't mm-hmm. it looks clunky these guys have got Kyrie Irving buzzing around the, the back <laughs> of Harden's backside and you can just see the teams panicking because they're like god where's Kyrie going and then KD's just lurking over there and I think those those threats are just going to make it uh, very difficult for them but but let's talk about sort of fantasy value and breakout stuff so we've got Bruce Brown and Claxton were the two that you wanted to talk about with KD and Green out. Brown has been pretty amazing. He's been a, a top 50 guy over the last couple of weeks. And today, again, huge game from him, 17, 8, and 7 uh, on 6 for 11 shooting with a three-pointer, uh, 4 for 6 of the foul line. He's not a great foul shooter, but that was fine. In 28 minutes, he were, that was a 39-point fantasy game as well. This guy as well, he, run, he runs these interesting sort of pick and rolls with James Harden where he, he, got, he, he turns into a rim-running big. He's a very <laughs> flexible player, isn't he? he? He's a really, really unusual player. He's, he's, he's positionless. I mean, he can really, really fit in anywhere. He can really fill in anywhere as well. Um, and one thing you notice about these kinds of teams with a lot of superstars on them is that it it always seems that at least one one of the guys is is going to be out or miss a couple miss a couple games here and there. So we've seen we've seen KD out like the last couple of weeks, and once he comes back, there's a good chance that Kyrie will miss a few and Harden eventually. And this guy, I I think has has good long term value. I mean, for the rest of this year, um, I mean, he's going to be the first one that's that's going to be in there when when one of those guys is out. And he can fill in pretty much in any of their positions uh, fairly seamlessly, you know. So, um, yeah, like you said, his, his, his shooting is not that great, but he's a, he's a great defender. And, yeah, running to the rim, uh, he'll grab some rebounds, uh, get a lot of steals and uh, some blocks here and there. And I think this guy, uh, if you have him, uh, I, he's a guy I would hold on to uh, even when even when KD does yeah. come back. No, I agree with you. And I think one of the things with this is it's the same with Norm Powell. I held, I held on to Norm Powell where I drafted him early in the season. I didn't drop him anywhere. And one of the reasons is you just know that Toronto are not going to be healthy all season. You know that mm. Kyle Lowry's going to miss games. You know that... Uh, that Fred Van Vliet's going to miss games. You know that other guys are going to miss games and then he's going to have huge value. And it's the same thing here. There's still quite a chunk of the season to go. And we know that the chances of Harden and Irving and KD playing massive amounts of games together with Uncle Jeff Green, now that they've worked out that lineup works really well, they don't need to do it over and over again. So I agree with you. I would be holding Bruce Brown. If you can see him, go and check on your waiver wire and go and grab him. He is absolutely worth a speculative ad both in uh, category leagues and in points leagues. Uh, Joe Harris, my goodness, this fella. Mm. Uh, seven for nine from the field, four, th- four for five from deep. The, the, the three-point percentage is up around like, I think it's 57% or something on the season now, he's shooting from deep. 19 and two with no assists, but that, the three-pointers and the, the field goal percentage, the fact that he's a three-point gunner that doesn't hurt you, which is like the kind of like the opposite of Eric Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> it's just i mean it, this guy's incredible i mean you 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 know we always talk about the nets and and joe harris is always like the fifth sixth seventh name that you that you mentioned but he just i mean he just does it every night i mean that's 
the three point percentage is just it's just astounding. I mean, fifty almost sixty percent from from beyond the arc. Uh, just just a fantastic season. It's just it's just incredible that you know that he's uh, that uh, you know <coughs> there are that many other uh, names that we mentioned <coughs> in mm. front of him when we talk about this team. Indeed. Speaking of names, Kyrie Irving, as we mentioned before, has been really good uh, this season, really efficient for the most part. He's a couple of less efficient games, but still, if this is a bad game from him, you'd take it nine for 21 from the field with 24, five and six for him, including four three-pointers. Uh, DeAndre Jordan had 10, 10 and three with a block uh, thrown in there. Oh no, he didn't get a block in this game. Gee, what are you doing, DeAndre? If you don't get blocks while you're <laughs> out there. Now, Nick Claxton, he's the other one you wanted to talk about. He had 16 and eight with an assist. The field goal percentage is beautiful, seven for eight. Uh, and two for four at the line. He's obviously not a fantastic foul shooter. In just 16 minutes, 16 minutes for 16 and eight on seven for eight shooting. Yeah, he's he's looking like a like a player. I mean, um, you know, it, it, we weren't really sure what to expect when he came back from his injury, but I mean, you know, that it's a nice little nice little tandem there with him and Jordan. Jordan Jordan's playing well. Uh, um, uh, Claxton, yeah, he, he looks like a, he looks like a, a keeper. He's uh, scoring well. He's rebounding well. He usually gets a few blocks in there. It's kind of makes you think: uh, Do they really need to add another big man? I mean, that's all that uh, we've been hearing about like the last few weeks. But I mean, when KD comes back and Jeff Green, we got the kind of the small ball uh, big guys that are going to be out there. And these two guys, I think, can hold it down pretty well. I, I still think they're going to add one more guy, but not like a big name, like maybe, you know, like a JaVale McGee or something like that. Mm, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Another thing that'll be interesting to see is if Harden and Irving and Durant can end up inside the top 10 on a per-game basis. That's never been done before in fantasy basketball. Right now, Harden is the sixth-ranked player on the season. Irving is the eighth-ranked player. And Kevin Durant is the ninth-ranked player uh, in fantasy basketball, 12 category on a per-game basis, which is just... Uh, Pretty phenomenal, isn't it? Uh, yeah. The next game I wanted to look at was the... Oh, hold on. I didn't talk about the Rockets. Gee, they were so bad, I almost sort of wanted to skip over them. Uh, <laughs> John Wall had a huge game, 36-2-5. Victor Oladipo, I mentioned, had 33.7 rebounds and five assists, but it was nine for 25 shooting, which is just uh, just really hurting your field goal percentage. Our man, uh, Jay Sean Tate, who both John and I like a lot, had a bit of a bounce back. He started in this game, and he had 12-10 and 10 with an assist as well. And as, as ever, his field goal percentage is good. He was just five, he was five or 10 from the field. Uh, Brown also started in this game. He had nine and three, a bit of a quiet game, but he's one to watch for. If PJ Tucker gets traded, Macklemore had 10, four and two and Patton had 10, six and four with four mm. steals and a block. I tried to pick up this guy in our 30 team league and unfortunately yeah, me too. <laughs> someone else got him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I had a claim uh, for him as well. I I saw his very his very first game uh, with the Rockets, and I I knew that uh, once he officially got called up to the team, that it was going to be too late in our thirty team league. Uh, that people were pretty dialed into the wire uh, there. So, but he made like a Kareem style hook shots uh, in his very first game, and I was like, man, I need I need that guy on my team. But it was <laughs> it was already too late. <laughs> Yeah, indeed, indeed. What a sad one. Now, <laughs> speaking of sad, I had TJ McConnell as one of my streamers in a couple of leagues early in the season, and then I dropped him. <laughs> and he, oh, no, you're not getting him back now. Uh, he set the uh, one-half steals record. 
He got nine steals in the first half, which is the most in a half of NBA basketball in the history of the game, which is a pretty long history. Uh, he also had a triple-double with steals, which is the first one of those since Mookie Blaylock in 1998. There's probably a few people listening to this podcast who were not born then, John. <laughs> yes, yeah, it, it was crazy. I was uh, I was actually in my in my class uh, when this game was on on TV, and you know I, I put my students in a breakout room, and I just quickly checked the stats on my phone, and I saw TJ McConnell four minutes, five steals, and I I was just trying to picture how that could even happen. Like it, it took me back to my childhood, like before YouTube, and when you when we couldn't uh, we we couldn't really watch the clips. Uh, and it just made me it made me think about just looking at the box scores and trying to picture how these uh, these stats came to be. But I mean, how how in the world do you get five steals in four minutes and then end up with ten on the game? I mean, was Cleveland just uh, <laughs> what were yeah. they, what were they doing out there? Yeah, well, I, I watched a good chunk of this game mm. and I was I chose it was, it was classic because. I chose to watch this instead of watching the uh, the Utah game with Philadelphia because I figured right. there's probably some more fantasy, fantasy interesting stuff here. There's there's storylines on the paces going on, what's going on with the Cavs. I've got Garland in a few leagues, so I'll tune it in. I was almost about to turn over, and then I and then I started seeing Twitter blowing up. Uh, TJ's got four steals in the first five minutes, and then so I started watching with keen interest and. It was pretty incredible. They were almost just sort of dribbling into him. And I think they had 29 turnovers on the game or something. It was just a really weird game. Uh, for the Pacers, uh, Malcolm Brogdon had 29-4-3 on 12-15 shooting with three three-pointers. A huge game from him. Sabonis had 18-5-6. and six. Dougie McDermott had 12-3-1 and one, uh, with a three-pointer. Miles Turner had 12-2 and two with four huge blocks. Justin Holiday started. He had 8-3-2. Jeremy Lamb uh, was also... Uh, he played 19 minutes, but he had 11, 5, and 2. It'll be interesting to see what happens with his minutes. He needs a few more from this to have real 12-team must-roster value. So I, we just, what do we think about Jeremy for the rest of the season? He's not a must-add, is he? Yeah, I don't think so. I think he's one of the guys that's going to take the biggest hits when when uh, when TJ Warren and, and Karis LeVert uh, uh, come back. So... I mean, he's a solid player, but I, I don't know. I, I think he's going to be inconsistent as far as his his minutes go, and he's going to be have a he's going to have a lot of games where he's under twenty minutes. So I think he's going to be a tough guy to keep. Yeah, and the also the injury prone stuff too. And here's this full TJ McConnell line for you: sixteen points, four rebounds, thirteen assists, eight for eight shooting, thirty six minutes. He played ten steals, and he also got a block. Uh, that was. <laughs> Depending on what uh, format you play on, it was somewhere between 50 and 75 fantasy points. Just an absolute monster. For the Cavaliers, Sexton also had a monster game. He had 34, 32, 4, and 10. He had 10 assists in the first half and then none in the second half, which is a bit weird. 12 for 25, shooting huge volume from him. Uh, Dean Wade started the game. He had 17, 6, and 2. was really good in the first half. 5 for 8 from deep. Is this a guy you've paid much attention to? Uh, not really. Um, I, yeah, I watched the, I watched Cleveland play quite a bit, actually. They're one of my, one of my favorite teams to, to keep an eye on. And, um, he hasn't done too much. Uh, I, I've seen him, you know, he's, he's, he's been starting the last uh, couple weeks or so, and he's had kind of, uh, not, not too impressive, uh, uh, box, uh, stat lines, but yeah, it's nice to see him break out and, and get it going out there today. So, um, I'm not sure, you know, when Kevin Love's coming back, that's, he's pretty much, the placeholder in that position but 
yeah, it's it was it was great to see him have a, a good game today. Absolutely, uh, Garland had a good game until he got injured. He had sixteen and five in just nineteen minutes, and then he got hurt. He didn't play in the second half, and once again, the Cavaliers are not good without Darius Garland. They were really good to start the season. Uh, they've had other injuries, but he seems to almost be their most important player. They look to be out of control on offense when he's not out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, 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 Sexton is just, um, I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's a great scorer, but I just don't like the way uh, that, he, that he runs that offense. And I, I think you're totally right. I mean, Garland is the guy that just can get everybody involved and uh, just really is, is crucial to that offense running smoothly. Mm, I could, yeah, absolutely. Jared Allen had 17-11. The beginning of this game was really cool to watch too. Garland was tossing up alley-oops to Allen. I think he had four alley-oops in the first quarter. It was just a really, really cool game to watch. McGee uh, played 18 minutes and had 10-6. There's talk about him being traded. We'll have to pay attention to that. Now, this next game, should we just skip it? Uh, Detroit, 129. <laughs> Toronto, 105. It's worth talking about Norman Powell. You were, you were saying in your notes, he's been under the radar having a great year. And I was saying, gee, he just shoots the ball so well. Like last season, he shot above 50%, which for a high-volume gunner-type guy. And when he gets opportunities, he, he's a top 50 player. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's just having an incredible year. And he's finally had a chance to you know get some consistent time in the starting rotation this year with all of the all of the injuries they've had. And he's he's taken full advantage of it i mean i think if we just go back like a three weeks ago or maybe a month ago he got off to a, a slow start and he was being talked about as a guy they might uh, be looking to move to add a bigger piece to like make one more run with the with the kyle lowry you know team here but um i think he's going to be uh, more of a part of their their long-term uh plans here the way that he's playing i think uh I don't know. Uh, this seems going to be interesting to keep an eye on at the at the trade deadline. Uh, are they are they going to make one more run with Lowry, or are they going to move him and uh, you know build around uh, Siakam and OG and uh, Van Vliet and Powell? Or there's many directions that this team can go, and they're kind of in a in a in a weird spot. So I think this is one of the most interesting teams to keep an eye on as we get closer to the trade deadline. No, I agree with you. And I think that's one of the reasons I wouldn't be selling high on Norm Powell. I'd be curious. Mm-hmm. I might even do a poll on this. Would you sell high on Norm Powell if you had him right now? Because if Lowry gets traded away, he can go like this the rest of the season. I mean, this is 36-5-1 yeah. on 14 for 20 shooting with 5 for 8 from deep, perfect at the foul line. And there was a steal thrown in there for good measure as well. The aforementioned Kyle Lowry had 21-4-6 and six in 35 minutes. These guys just always play big minutes, even when they're coming back from injuries recently. 5 for 11 from the field, eight for nine at the foul line, a nice line from him. Baines had 13-4-1 with a block. Uh, Terrence Davis, Watanabe, not worth mentioning. Chris Boucher, the forgotten Chris Boucher, uh, he had 18-8-1 with a steal and two blocks, though. He's still providing that sort of top 70, top 60 value on the season, uh, but he has been quite a bit quieter of late. For the Detroit Pistons, our man, the plum dog millionaire, Miles oh, yeah. Plumley. 
He had a triple-double, 14, 11, and 10 on 6 for 12 shooting, uh, and he had a steal and a block as well. There you, there you go. Did I call him Miles Plumley? Miles Plumley of the Perth Wildcats. Mason Plumley, of course. <laughs> oh, his brother's in, in uh, playing in Australia yeah, that's now. Right. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> well, it's the second triple-double of the year, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, this guy, what a season he's putting together. And uh, it's always great to uh, see two guys that you recently traded away in fantasy have such huge games. I uh, In the last two weeks, I traded away Norm Powell and... Wayne Ellington and they both just went off in this game but um I I think um I think it's good like when you trade away players in fantasy for them to do well uh, it, it makes uh it makes those people want to trade with you more often maybe in the future so I, I wasn't too <laughs> I wasn't too angry at, at, at looking at this box score <laughs> yeah you like it when when you when your trades work out well maybe you, maybe you can get good value the next time they believe yeah, you exactly. when you talk up a guy you know hey remember what, uh, remember what I said about Wayne Ellington <laughs> yeah he's been quiet the last couple of weeks yeah. but he exploded for 8-3 there, there you today, go there so. you go 25 and 3 for him with on 8 for 11 from a field and 8 for 11 from the 3 point line as well that's where he took every single one of his shots uh Svee Mikhailuk had 17 4 and 1 uh Dennis Smith had 10 12 and 11 another triple double I'm scared of adding him because of the field goal percentage uh who, who are you talking Dennis, about Dennis Smith Jr he was uh, Dennis Smith Jr., three for yeah. nine from the field and he's been shooting under 40 percent I think he's 37 percent on the season yeah, I've never been too high on him, uh, but he could be another one of these uh, you know, uh, Coach Casey uh, reclamation projects, you know, like we talked about uh, last time with mm. uh, Josh Jackson and Christian Wood before that. Um, I think he's a guy to keep an eye on. I, I, he, uh, he put, he's he been putting up decent numbers, what, he had 11, oh, 12 and 11 today. Well, he's triple-double, oh my gosh. I mean, um, but yeah, the, the field goal percentage will never, never be there for him, and he doesn't really. He's not really a good shooter, but um, yeah, he can put up some defensive stats here and there. He, he's an interesting guy to keep an eye on, especially as long as my man Delon Wright is out. Now, what John was just. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's talk about it as an example of something that you could find out uh, from our Discord server if you have the Fantasy Pass. It costs just four ninety five. So we're talking about the cost of a beer or a latte or something that for one month. And if you don't like it, you can stop after a month. So there's really just... Uh, there's no reason why you couldn't try it out. If you haven't done it already, it's still the best deal in the industry at $4.99 a month, as I mentioned. Uh, there's zero commitment. If you don't like it, you can cancel. Uh, but what's good about it? Well, you get to dominate all year long with updated projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule streaming charts, pickups, drops, and our newest callers feature, which is the Hoopball Discord server, where you can hang out with the Hoopball pros around the clock and get one-on-one help with your team. It's just fantastic stuff. Check it out. Hoop dashball.com is the place to go and click on the ad, uh, the fantasy pass ad, in fact, just below the main media wall. The next game, Chicago Bulls, 128 over the Pels, 124. It's, it's like these guys playing some absolute barn burners, don't they? It's like you're pretty happy if you've got uh, fantasy guys from either of these teams because they put up some huge scores. Yeah, this is a huge win for the Bulls. I mean, I, 
I had these teams kind of uh, fairly even, you know, um, even though the Bulls had a little bit uh, better record coming into it. But I was really expecting the Pels to win this game. But this is this is a kind of a statement game, I think, for the Bulls, and uh, you know, kind of puts them in a, a good position to make a make a run for a playoff spot. You know, after the All Star break. But if you look at their record, they're at sixteen and eighteen, which is tied with mm-hmm. the Pacers. One game mm-hmm. behind the Raptors, one game behind the Hornets, one game behind the Heat, and just, uh, what is it, a game and a half behind the Celtics for fourth. And so any, everything from fourth right down to the Hawks in 11th, where, where they're 16 and 20, it's, very, it's really tight. And, of course, the Wizards have, have got the best record of anyone outside of the Nets. They've got the equal best record over the last 10 games in the East too. So, yeah, I, I think I think the... Uh, the Bulls are in there with a chance, and obviously mm-hmm. a, a big part of that is coming because of Zach Levine. He had another huge game. Mm-hmm. Uh, had, I think he had thirty. What was it? Thirty-six points. Let's have a look here. He had thirty-six, two and eight on twelve for nineteen shooting, four three-pointers, perfect eight for eight at the foul line. Just, just massive game from him. Uh, he had um, eight assists, so he's really he's upped his assists, he's upped his percentages, he's upped his points. Just everything is career highs this season for this guy. I'm not sure how many more superlatives we can throw at him. Yeah, I mean, he's just showing once again why he's a, a legitimate all-star. I, I just I just never saw this coming out of Levine, you know, going back three, four, or five years. I I mean, he's just one of the most – he's always been an exciting player, a high-flying, you know, just one of those guys that could get, could get hot at any moment during a game. But I never saw him putting together this this type of season. It's just – like like you said, there's just you can you can throw any superlative at, at what he's doing. It's just um, just an incredible season. And if you look at where he is on a per game basis, so he is the 16th ranked player on a per game basis in fantasy nine category. That's uh, right behind Jimmy Butler and in front of Christian Wood, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Giannis, Bam, Luka Doncic. Chris Paul, Toby Harris. I mean, these are huge games. Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward having great seasons. This guy's better than all of those guys. He's right behind Jimmy on a per-game basis, right behind Fred Van Vliet, and and a little bit of a gap to Bradley Beal and Irving because those guys are just a little bit in front. But in terms of the the rank anyway, only three mm-hmm. or four spots behind Bradley Beal, which is a, a pretty amazing return because you probably drafted Levine uh, either late, very late in the second round or more likely in the third round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you when you can combine this type of volume with these percentages, I mean, you're going to be one of the top fantasy guys there is. I mean, he's just so so consistent. It's very rare when you look at a box score and and see uh, Levine with an off game. I mean, it's just just an just an incredible year. Now, the opposite of consistency is inconsistency, and that is Kobe White's middle name, although he's been actually consistently crap a lot this season, but he has been a bit better of late. He had 25-2-3 and three on 8 for 16, shooting with four three-pointers, a perfect 5-5 five five at the foul line in his 32 minutes. A good game from him. Patrick Williams started again. He had 13-4-1. and one. Uh, He's contributing decently, but he is outside of the top 150. He's one of those guys who looks like, at the moment anyway, a better real-life player than a fantasy player. Wendell Carter Jr. had 7, 15, and 4, but with terrible shooting, 3 for 11. Thad Young doesn't have terrible shooting. Wow. He had 18, 5, and 3 with 8 for 10 from the field and 1 steal and 3 blocks. Thaddeus Young. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just one of those guys, like, you know, just one of those guys that, like, are, uh, that, 
old school guys like us just like i mean he just has has kind of that old school type game and uh just just lighting up the the uh box scores pretty much on a nightly basis i i love to see i love to see that doing doing well and he's and he's uh really thriving there in chicago this year with uh with my boy sadaransky too <laughs> Yes, indeed. Uh, for the Pelicans, Zion Williams had 28, 9, and 5 on 10 for 17 shooting, but the three throws, 8 for 16 at the line. That just really hurts. Uh, Brandon Ingram had 21, 3, and 2 on 8 for 17 shooting. Bledsoe, he'd probably been dropped in quite a few places. He had 12, 5, and 10. Um, you picking him up if he's on your wire? Uh, never picking up Bledsoe again. <laughs> <laughs> he just hurt you for too, too long, didn't he? Uh, Lamelo Ball had a bit of a quieter night, just 12 points, uh, one rebound and five assists, but he did have two threes, and his, field, his shooting was efficient, five for 10 in 26 minutes. Stephen Adams, oh, we need like a bad sound effect oh, that just means yeah. holy crap. <laughs> he had zero, five, and zero on zero for one shooting. Uh, with uh, no steals and he had one block. So basically five Perfect. rebounds and a block in 21 minutes. He might be trending towards being a drop. Yeah, I think so. I um, There's not much about that line there that <laughs> makes me want to keep him. I mean, um, that is uh, that is putrid. And uh, I mean, you look at the, the guys coming in off the bench, you got Her- uh, Hernan Gomez and Jackson Hayes had a little bit uh, better nights. But yeah, Steven Adams... I don't know, man. Um, I, he's not a guy that uh, that I want on my team right now. That's for sure. I mean, all these things are always dependent on what's on your waiver wire, how deep your league yeah. is, and stuff like that. And before you go, just dropping him, maybe maybe give it a couple more games. But then, if somebody's breaking out on your waiver wire, like a, a Rob Williams or somebody Claxton. like that. Claxton, those kind of guys yeah. are going to contribute. Isaiah Roby is another one who, oh, yeah. with with Al, when Alf Horford doesn't play, he's getting huge numbers. And when there's garbage time, he's getting huge numbers. Today, we'll get to him a bit later, but yeah, I think he had two steals and a block or something like that. He contributes. So yeah, it's one it's one to watch. Redick had twenty two two and two after being out of the rotation. He seems to be back in. If you need a three point streamer, keep an eye on him. Josh Hart is quietly producing at top one hundred level. He had 13-5-2 and uh, and hit 5-for-5 from the foul line, which is nice. He's a guy you can stream and maybe even hold. I think, yeah, I think, well, I think with Redick, um, he's been in a lot of trade uh, talks, so they might be trying to feature him a little bit so the other teams can, just to make sure that he's, you know, that he's in shape and just kind of show him off to the teams that are interested in him. I've heard, I heard the Mavs and maybe the Celtics are a couple teams that are looking at JJ, so... um, that's you know that that's a good thing to keep keep an eye on or you know uh, listen out for um, you know what guys are being talked about in trade talks because teams often try to feature those guys and they might be good for you know two or three weeks leading up to the trade deadline in fantasy and that could be explaining what's going on with Reddick and 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 also the flip side of that is to watch out for who's going to get a benefit when those guys get get traded away and making yeah, sure you hang definitely. on to them and we talked about uh well I talked about on the on the pod right at the very beginning of the season about how a guy like Josh Hart might have value because mm-hmm. because of how shallow the Pelicans are. Like they've basically got a seven or eight man rotation pretty much, and uh, he that has proven true. And it will be even more true if um, if Redick is traded away because those minutes have got to go to somebody. Somebody's got to shoot those threes, even if they're not as good a shooter as him. Uh, the next game on the slate was the 
Charlotte, oh, by the way, I think I just called Lonzo Ball a mellow ball previously. If anyone picked up on that, uh, <laughs> you, I've told you the answer now, but drink. you can ping me on Twitter, drink, yeah. <laughs> the Charlotte Hornets won 135 to 102 over the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are just um, absolutely terrible. Now, you mentioned with the Hornets, it's tough to work out the fantasy value here because mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of overlap between uh, Devontae Graham, or DVG, as we call him, Monk mm-hmm. and Rosier. Now, of course, DVG is still out. Rosier had a big game here. He had 31 points. Haywood had 23 points. And these are the guys who really drove it forward. Rosier's line was 31, 3, and 4, and 12 for 21 shooting. He has had a couple of quieter games, but overall on the season, it's just been fantastic. Haywood had 23, 5, and 9. Lamella Ball had 19, 7, and 5. Wow, this guy. Uh, 7 for 13 from the field, 4 for 5 from uh, deep from him, which is just great stuff. He was plus 25 in the game, 34 fantasy points for him. Our man, PJ Washington, after having a massive game and then a crap game, uh, mm-hmm. he had a really good game. He had 16, 9, and 3 on 6 for 12 shooting. Uh, just really good. And I think there were two steals and a block in there as well. Biombo got the start. He had 8, 8, and 4 um, with a steal and two blocks. He's really just a rebounds and blocks streamer, isn't he? Yeah, with uh, with Zeller. old Zeller out. Yeah. yeah, with old Zeller out the last few games, um, Biombo and Washington have been filling it at center, and that's kind of uh, increased their production a little bit. I think when Zeller comes back, those guys will go back to where they were before. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, Biombo's a, a possible guy you might want to stream. Now, Monk, he had eighteen two and two. I didn't pick him up anywhere, and now he's gone everywhere. I almost wish I did. He just like. These these last couple of weeks, and maybe until DVG comes back, he just does, he does have good value. Bridges had 13, 10, and 5 off the bench with a block. Would you add either or both of those guys if they're on your wire? Um, well, I, I, I love Bridges. Yeah, if Bridges is out there, I, I, I would definitely add him. Uh, Monk, not not so much. I mean, I, I kind of feel that over the next few weeks, well, we after the All-Star break, he's going to, when DVG comes back, he's going to go back to his, you know, uh, regular uh, minutes and regular production. But, you know, it's just hard with this team. I mean, it's like a minefield. Uh, any of these guys can just explode at, at any minute. They just have like like six or seven guys, that just combustible guys that, that can just go off in any random game. I mean, you know, we saw like PJ the other day at 42 out of nowhere. I mean, Monk putting up 30, you know, here and there. And um, it's kind of, it's really fascinating to see uh, a team like this that, that is full of scores and, and dudes and, um, and LaMelo just coming in and, you know, just kind of running the show as a 19 year old. I mean, it, this guy is, this guy's the real deal though. I mean, uh, he, he's been so impressive when I've, when I've watched them. Is there a more exciting fantasy pass team? I've got one suggestion no. for you. They're your favorite. Yeah, uh, they're they're probably my favorite. But who, who's who's the other? I, one I like got? watching the Suns, uh, mm-hmm. and because mm-hmm. I like because it's probably a little bit selfish because I've got CP3 on quite a few teams, and I've <laughs> got my uh, McCall Bridges on quite a few teams, and I've got DeAndre Ayton on a couple of teams, and just uh, I just think it's fascinating to see what they're doing. They they have the second best record in the NBA. Wow. Yeah, the Suns are one of my. There's a lot of there's a lot of teams I love watching. I but yeah, Charlotte's right right up there at the top. I mean, these guys. That game against the Kings the other day, where they came back all the way back. That was the game that PJ went off, but uh, Monk had the had the layup right at the end and, and got fouled. And 
and closed it out. I mean, they they can just they can they're just they're just so fun to watch. I, I love these guys, and it's it's the first time they've been fun in forever. So I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, sort of shout out to their execs and stuff for what they've done. I mean, it just mm-hmm. makes sense, you know. Haywood coming in, they've draft they drafted well, although Lamelo Ball kind of fell to them at that spot. So I'm not sure how much how much credit they get for that, but uh, that pick just looks amazing now. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I might have mentioned on one of the shows, not with you, I traded uh, KD away and I got LaMelo Ball and Kelly Oubre and a couple of first-round picks back in this deal, and I was very happy with that to get my hands on LaMelo. I tried to get him in another league using Jason Tatum, and I got rejected. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I think you showed that one to me. I was, <laughs> I was, um, I was on the on the Lamelo side of that one. Um, I think um, I think most of my friends can't believe it because I usually don't fall for the Lamelo types. But this guy is um, this guy is the real deal. I think. Yeah, just a, a real privilege, and I'm just so happy that I got a chance to see him play here in Australia. And someday I hope to get over to the states and see him in the NBA. Now, uh, probably a team I wouldn't want to see at the moment is the Minnesota Timberwolves. They are just uh, absolute uh, ranker than septic. Towns had 16, 15, and three. But he had 14 shots. Why is Anthony Edwards taking 23 shots? He was eight for 23 from the field, 19, five, and three. Towns should be getting more shots than Edwards, shouldn't he? Oh, oh, no doubt. Uh, this, I don't know, man. This team is they're they're tough to figure out. I, they're just. Um, I, I think there was a quote from Rubio the other day saying that um, things aren't really going in the right direction here, or something like that. And I mean, did he really need to say that? It's just so obvious when when watching them. You, you just have to watch them for five minutes, and you can tell that there's not really much direction, or it, it's just it's just a mess out there on the court. But. Yeah, Towns, Towns should be their top ace pretty much every night. Yeah, pretty bizarre. Rubio, though, is a good ad. If you pick him up off the wire, he was terrible for a good stretch of the season. He's another one returning great value at the moment. He had 20 points, four rebounds, nine assists, very efficient shooting, which is unlike him. Seven for 11 from the field, four for six from deep. Uh, perfect at the foul line as well. And he had a steal in just 24 minutes. That's a, that's a, that's a massive per minute production. Edwards, as I mentioned, had 19, five and three, but on eight for 23 shooting, terrible. Layman started at 14, one and one. He's not very great. I wouldn't be grabbing him. Vanderbilt was a breakout guy, but he played 17 minutes and only had six points. And the coach was very critical of their effort and stuff. He might be a victim. He's a drop. I dropped him in a points league where I had him. I, I've given up on him with the new coach just throwing his weight around. Uh, and the rest is probably not even worth talking about. The next game is, though, the Atlanta Hawks won 115 to 112 over over Atlanta. Trey, this was a massive comeback. They were, they were down, I think, 16 points or something in the third quarter, and they were still down late as well. I almost didn't turn it on. I think they were down five. With uh, 30 or seconds to go, Trey Young had a couple of three-pointers. Sorry, he had a three-pointer, and then he hit Tony Snell for a go-ahead three-pointer. Wow. (laughs) Pick up Tony Snell, everybody. (laughs) No, don't. Don't listen to John. Uh, But, uh, yeah, now this was the second game they've won in a row under their um, interim coach, Nate McMillan. Young had 34-4-8. Danilo Gallinari got the start with... Uh, Clint Capella out, and he had 23, 9, and 6. A really good game for him. If you drop, if you dropped him after his crap game, after that massive game, then you missed out on this one. I think sometimes it's always worth holding a guy. Mm-hmm. He has a big game, and the next game is bad. Don't drop him right away and just wait and see what happens. No, obviously, Capella not playing and him starting. He played 39 minutes. He's probably... Uh, 
the thing there. If you've got Gallinari, are you holding him? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, he's going to have nights like this every now and again, but I, I, I think there are other options out there that, I, mm. that I'd rather have. Fair enough. Uh, Herder had 13, 6, and 3. He was decent. Snell, as I mentioned, had 11, 3, and 3 uh, with 4 for 5 from the field and 3 for 4 from the foul line, which is decent. Uh, boy, uh, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, or Bog Bog, as we call him, oh, yeah. uh, is back and playing. He had 9, 2, and 1. He doesn't look like a 12-team ad at the moment. For the Magic, Vucevic had 29, 9, and 3. Just keeps on keeping on. 10 for 21. Ross had 28, 5, and 4, which is one of the best waiver wire pickups of the season because he was dropped in heaps of places. That's 41 fantasy points in a points league. Carter Williams had a 40-point fantasy point nine as well. He had 26 and 6 on 7 for 12 shooting. Al Farouk Aminu. The Chief. The Chief. He had 14, <laughs> 8, and 2. But on four for thirteen shooting, he's a deep league guy to pick to pick up and maybe a streamer, but uh, not so much to talk about on the Magic side. Except maybe uh, we look out for Cole Anthony returning and Aaron Gordon returning, and then maybe that changing the fantasy value for a couple of people here because Ross probably mm. loses a few ticks and Carter Williams gets a, a pretty big hit when both of those two come back. Correct? Yeah, I think so. And even even guys like Fournier, who's like who's probably their best scorer. I mean, he's uh, he's going to take a little bit of a hit too, but I mean, Vooch. I mean, has Vooch ever had a bad game? <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, every I, I, it, this guy is so consistent. I, every 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 uh, every time I I turn in the box score, I, I he's he's just having massive numbers. And uh, Fournier, you know, he's he's been um, he's been really he's had the injury bug hit this year a lot. He's had the back spasms, and now he's dealing with the groin injury. And when he's been out there, he's been he's been awesome, but. Um, we hope we, he can get back uh, after the All-Star break and uh, keep putting up those great numbers. Yeah, now Vooch is inside the top 10. He is the 10th ranked player on a per-game basis this season, which is uh, just incredible when you think about it for where he was drafted because he was drafted in the third round. And on totals, here we go. He's ranked number three in the NBA. I mean, like... It- Every time I, uh, when the games just begin every every morning, it's like you know it's like fourteen to ten, uh, Orlando over Indiana, and I, I check the box score box score real quick, and Vooch already has like nine points and eight rebounds, like three minutes into the game. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on here? This guy just just guy just kills it every single night. Now we've got three games to go. Let's bang through these ones a little bit quickly. The first one, maybe we don't talk about for too long. OKC seventy-eight, Mavs eighty-seven. I thought this was the third time, the third three-quarter time score. Or yeah. I thought I'd returned back to about nineteen ninety-seven or something with this <laughs> scoreline. Just uh, old-school defensive game. Porzingis was good for the Mavericks. He had nineteen and thirteen. Uh, he was plus sixteen, which is way ahead of anyone else uh, among the starters. Richardson had sixteen, six and one with four steals. Brunson had eleven, six and four. If Jalen Brunson is on your waiver wire, he's mm-hmm. one of the best pickups over the last uh, couple of weeks. He is providing uh, top one hundred value, and he looks like he's stuck with a serious role there. So I definitely go and grab him. Kleber had eight, seven and one with a couple of blocks. He actually might be a 12-team league pickup, potentially, if you've got... If you play in two center leagues on Yahoo and you've got some injuries mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, I think I would probably add him. Would you add him before DeAndre Jordan? Uh, I don't think so. No, I, I, I like... Uh, I like I like Jordan's role there. I like his... I like his percentage... His percentages. He, 
he clobbered me the other day single-handedly and with his uh, field goal percentage uh, mm. that he put up. I, I think I prefer Jordan just a little bit, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Tim Hardaway Jr. had 19-6-2 in a bench role. He looks like he's maybe, depending on who's playing, he might he might be the sixth man. But, of course, there was no Luca, So it's hard to read too much into this game because Luca is just such an absolute ball-dominant player that with him out... Nothing really makes sense. Shea Gilgis Alexander had 15 3 and 3. Now, here's theme alert terrible shooting. 5 for 15 mm. from the field. Uh, he was minus 18 in his 34 minutes, which is not great, but he's allowed to have an off night. Darius Baisley, well, he's consistent, consistently bad. He was 3 <laughs> for 11 from the field with 11 points and 10 rebounds. The rebounds are great, but the field goal percentage is just, it just loses you every week. Now, Teo Maladon. Uh, he's losing out a bit to Ty Jerome, isn't he? Ty Jerome played 28 minutes. Mm-hmm. He had 13-3-2 with three three-pointers. Maladon had 11-3-1 with a steal. Who are we adding of those two? Man, that's pretty close. Uh, I've been waiting. I've been keeping my eye out on Ty Jerome all year. And one of my goals coming into this year was to get Ty Jerome in at least one of my dynasty leagues because I, I really like this guy's game. Um, going forward, I think for the rest of season, I think they're going to be pretty even because – at some point, uh, they're going to be trading George Hill, I believe, when he comes back from injury. So uh, these guys, they just want to throw all of their young guys out there to see what they can get, do and see who they want to keep for next year and the next couple of years. So I think both of these guys are going to be getting pretty much equal amount of time. And I expect to see pretty equal production out mm. of them as well. I think I think Jerome is a much better shooter than, uh, than Maladon at this point, but... Maybe Maladon will uh, help you out more with the assists and the steals. But I think at the end of the day, they're going to be pretty even. Now, Isaiah Roby is one of my favorite uh, long streams at the moment because tomorrow they're on a back-to-back. Tomorrow, Al Horford will not play and Roby will get more minutes. He had 21 here. Expect that to ramp up more closely to like 28 minutes, maybe even 30 minutes in the game tomorrow. 5-8-1, but he did have three steals and a block, mm. which you just love if you're streaming him, which, uh, as I mentioned, I am. Golden State Warriors against Portland. This was Dame against uh, uh, Steph, and the, I think the ranked two and three in terms of points per game in the NBA. It might be three and four anyway. Both of them have just uh, been amazing for most of the season. And here, Lillard actually was not great. If you watch the game, you'll know that he he was missing a lot of shots. His didn't. It was the end of the game though that he did this step back three pointer again which was just incredible to put them in the lead. And then he took a charge. Did you see the replay? Do you think it was yep. a charge? Uh, I think that was kind of a superstar call there. But, um, you know, even even the games like this where Dame is not that good, he always hits the big shots at the end, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, then taking that charge. I Look, I, I'm a Dame Lillard fan. I, I thought it was uh, a fair call on the charge. <laughs> Certainly difficult to overturn it once they went to the replay. Once they'd called it like that, yeah. I don't think I think it was 50-50 enough that you might not overturn it. But agree, yeah. Lillard, as I mentioned, was poor from the field. Six for 17, three for 10 from deep, but he had 22, five and six. And he did have a couple of steals, those peripherals that he gets from time to time. And also the foul shooting, seven for eight, where he's just, he's excellent. Covington had 15, nine and one with two steals and three blocks. He's been a top 50 player once, once he started, uh, once he got going this season. Gary Trent had another Okay game, he had 15, 4, and 3, uh, but he was just 1 for 8 from deep, which is uh, not fantastic, of course. 
played massive minutes, 39 minutes. Cantor had 11 and 14. Jones had 8 and 4. Camelo Anthony, who I streamed for the back-to-back because they've got a game again tomorrow, he helped me out big time because he had 22, 2 and 4 with two three-pointers, uh, which is a good game from him. Anthony Simons had 8 and 4. Now, the uh, Golden State Warriors, Curry, 35, 7, and 5. 13 for 18, 28 shooting. Sorry, really good. Five three-pointers, a good game from him. Three steals as well. 51 fantasy points is great. Wiggins had 14, 5, and 3. Kent Bazemore, who got the start, had 12, 6, and 1. He is worth streaming depending on how long Kelly Oubre is going to be out because he picked up a bit of an injury. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Anybody that uh, is going to get playing time is is worth keeping mm. an eye on as, as far as the streamer goes. And He's shown you know, over the years that uh, when he gets the minutes, he can he can put up the points. So, yeah, get him in there. And he hit that that magic thirty minute mark where if you're playing thirty minutes yep. in the NBA, unless your name is uh, Snell, <laughs> for oh, uh, then uh, you're probably going to have value. Uh, or, 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 or was my what was my guy Courtney Courtney Lee. Courtney, Courtney Lee. Courtney, Courtney MF Lee, as I used to call him. <laughs> Is he related to Damian Lee? Uh, I think, uh, I think uh, who knows? He, he, might, he should have married a curry to remain relevant. Um, the last game, the Lakers against the Sacramento Kings. The Kings won 123 points to 120. The Lakers, of course, they have no AD and no uh, LeBron James. So what do we say about this? Probably worth noting that... Uh, for the Kings, Buddy Heald had a bit of a bounce-back game. He's been really bad this season, but he had 29 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. Uh, Fox had 23-8. and eight. Harrison Barnes had 20-6. and six. Rashawn Holmes had a good game, 16-9-1. and one. And Marvin Bagley was okay with 14-5. and five. Uh, Corey Joseph for deep league teams, maybe worth noting, he might be worth streaming while Halliburton is out. Halliburton was injured, and that's probably the big news. So if you're in a 14 or a 16 team league and you need a streamer, Corey Joseph might be worth considering uh, on the Kings. For the Lakers, Schroeder had 28 and 9. Kyle Kuzma had a big game, 25, 13 and 3. Uh, Morris had 11, 5 and 3. Caldwell Pope had 10 points and 2 assists. And Harrell had a massive game, 26 points, yeah. 12 rebounds and 1 assist. But uh, of course, he's going to be massive when those guys are out. But I'm not sure if... Uh, look, he's borderline rosterable if they're healthy. If everybody's healthy, yeah, it, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think that, um, yeah, as long as, as long as a couple of their key guys are missing, you gotta, you gotta get him in there. But yeah, just when those guys come back, he might not be uh, have as much value as he does right now. Now, every time you're on, it turns into a marathon. I, I wish we had sometimes had less games when you're on, <laughs> so we could talk deep dive into it's... some of these, uh, some of these the breakout guys and uh, less well known guys a bit more. But uh, you've done yeoman's work again for us, Professor Steele tonight. Thank you very much for joining us, and we're going to see you again in two weeks. I think you've done three in a row now, uh, but you've earned a, a, a fortnight off. Thank you very yeah. much. We'll see you hey. in two weeks. Hey, thanks a lot, everybody, and uh, thanks for having me back, Aaron. You're very welcome, mate. And bye for now. And everybody, of course, we will be back tomorrow with Vince Miracle hosting Brent the Middleman for the last show before the All-Star break. And then I will be back early next week uh, post-All-Star with uh, Hank on, uh, I think, uh, Monday or it will be Vince Miracle on Tuesday with a very special guest. Thank you very much for your time and attention and good luck and enjoy the All-Star break. Bye for now. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.